everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. this episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you? Special episode today, Matt. Yes, it is. Uh, Should be interesting. Well, not only is the episode interesting because of the topic and guests, but this is our two-year anniversary of Backstory Sessions. No, that's right. It is. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's been uh, two years this week, I think you said. Yes. And we've got to hear so many amazing backstories since we started this. It's definitely uh, grown more than I ever anticipated. Yeah, me as well, for sure. Uh, it, um you know, started out as a way for us to talk about things we were doing and kind of morphed into a lot of stories about other people that we've met along the way and, uh, you know, some pretty interesting stuff, I thought. It really is, and it's given us the opportunity, besides hearing just the backstories, uh, to address each season some um, topics that are needed and um this is one of those episodes yeah um we'd like to you know it's always interesting to talk about different things that we are interested in finding out more about and uh the first episode we had with this guest was uh pretty you know it, it was definitely interesting and i learned a lot from it and I think at the end we had talked about doing sort of a another episode talking about the myth myth <laughs> say that word <laughs> the myth <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the, the myth information <laughs> well the myths involved in like health you know uh getting healthy and um because there is a lot of misinformation out there uh conflicting things like you know exercise for this amount of time every week and eat this many calories and eat this much protein and you know drink this water yes water (laughs) you know like drink the ocean i feel like yeah so i mean because of all that we decided to have our guests back and uh she brought along a friend so do you want to introduce them yeah this is like two for the price of one So uh, today we have with us, and we are uh, really excited to have with us, again, returning Dr. Cheryl, and this time uh, a life coach, Tessa Edge, is joining her, and uh, they work together in um, their weight loss clinic that um, they are able to, you know, integrate healthcare across the board. Yeah, I remember that from the uh, first episode. They have uh, 
really good success rates in helping people lose weight and become healthy and uh, address some of the issues that they're facing in their weight loss progress. Well, you know, let's just hope they can help us because, um, you know, we, we probably need a little bit of help. <laughs> I think some people would agree. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not just in, uh, you know, weight loss. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so, you know, we we might have another episode where we get other help. Yeah. But um, we, we've all heard this story. It's like, you see it on social media. Uh, you're always like, you know, you should do this. You should try this. You should only eat this. Um, so this is just our way of talking to a medical professional, a doctor, uh, and also a life coach to dispel some of the myths or, you know, let us know that, yes, this, this is true. This is what, um, you know, this is uh, grounded and based in science. Yeah. Um, it, like I said, there's certainly a lot of misinformation out there and conflicting things. And uh, we definitely wanted to talk to Dr. Cheryl about this. And uh, she brought along Tessa with her to... Uh, help her answer questions and, you know, dispel some of the myths around, uh, you know, different things. And um, I think we should start talking to them. Well, I just want to say this is two years, two of us, two guests. I mean, this is like too cool. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> so let's get to it. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So, Matt, um, you know, I am a big breakfast fan. I think that breakfast is an important meal. Like, you know, that's a, that's maybe a myth. I don't know. We're going to find out because that's what this show is about. But... You know, I've always told, like, don't skip breakfast, most important meal of the day. Um, I have heard that, But I know that you're not a big breakfast person. Uh, Coffee and a bagel or something like that is good for me. Okay. So, you know, uh, eating breakfast will help you lose weight. Is Do you think that's going to be true or false? I mean, because, Um, because I don't do it, it's probably true. (laughs) (laughs) but i do do it and i you know so i'm not losing weight so you know what can what can you do to help us dr cheryl uh is this a myth is this true Uh, give us the the truth well breakfast is important to break the uh, long overnight fast so that's nothing to do with weight loss so it's false however some people do not feel hungry until lunchtime, so they consume fewer calories in the 24-hour time period if they skip breakfast. So we recommend, though, a nutrient-packed breakfast instead of a breakfast full of the useless calories of bacon, highly processed meats, and sugars. Uh, would you say a bagel would fit into that category? <laughs> <laughs> so half a bagel. <laughs> Half a bagel. There you go, Matt. All right, cool. So, yeah, that's good. Uh, I I can do that. 
Um, where does coffee fit in? I know like lots of people drink coffee in the morning. Is that like a big no-no or is that just like empty calories or what? Is that well, water? Do you get, yeah. do you get credit for that for water? <laughs> coffee is so, fine. Yeah, Matt, coffee is fine. But keep in mind that caffeinated beverages can cause a little bit of dehydration. So make sure that you're staying well hydrated the rest of your day following your coffee with lots of water. Uh, what about with more coffee? <laughs> Doesn't count, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> so how much water do we need? I, I you know, I that's another thing that could be a myth it could be true but you you hear all these things um you know 64 ounces that's what i keep hearing or seeing so you know is is that the the magic number or does it vary or how much actual water not you know mixed with coffee or the other things but how much of that do we need to drink so 64 ounces i think is a really good start Ideally, you want to work up to at least half of your, your body weight to stay really hydrated. Half of your body <laughs> weight ounces, that is? Yes. Okay. Wow. That's 60%, not... 60% of our bodies consist of water. Right. So you're saying like that 64 ounces is like for someone who weighs 128 pounds? 828 pounds. Would that be right? <laughs> yes. Wow. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> we are really, really slacking, cat. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I struggle to drink. I, I, well, I can't. I don't even drink that much every day. And I, Matt, I know that you don't either. So, I mean, we've got a lot of work to do here. Well, I, I think that's what they were saying is, um, you know, total total fluid intake. There is, you know, there is water and coffee and, you know, uh, other things that you eat and stuff like that. So it's a total, I assume, and not just like straight water. Is that, am I right in saying that? Matt yeah. is right, yes. Oh. So my diet, Dr. Pepper, um 16.9 ounces you know i get some credit for that <laughs> in the water department <laughs> um diet diet pepper you mean the um yeah that's um but that's that's a sugar still um, really even okay that is a very good a myth then so because i'm thinking like okay i'm drinking diet um so i i don't have any sugar but you're saying even the diet uh, beverage is not without sugar yes oh my goodness i mean we are off to like it's uh a train wreck. <laughs> it pays it pays to read the labels <laughs> apparently but it's better compared to the regular one with uh, the sugar beverages. So it's it's better, uh, and and the, also the type of sugar that they use on the diet um, soda. Right, like uh, not high fructose corn syrup versus I don't know what they use. Probably like uh, uh, the non the the sweetener the, the non sweetener one. Yes, the artificial one. Yeah, right. 
So it still stimulate your brain to appetite. It still to eat a lot. So that still stimulate your brain. So sugar is sugar. Mm-hmm. So um, how much water credit would I get for you know <laughs> one one bottle of diet Dr Pepper? <laughs> Uh, we, rec- we recommend our patients is at least have maybe 32 ounces of water and the rest are uh, other like coffee and, uh, yeah. Coffee or, and or tea, diet, like soda. tea and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. Okay. Yes, tea, yeah. Okay, all right. So, I mean. Sorry, Kathy, I don't think we're really giving you much credit on that diet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what we're really hoping is, gosh, I hope she can overcome this and start drinking something else. It sounds like that is what you're saying. (laughs) And I was so hopeful before this episode that, you know, that was going to (laughs) count. Well, I mean, that explains why I'm having a struggle with weight loss right there. Uh, Even though I do only have one a day, um, you know, that does take the place in my mind before this episode. You know, I was thinking that's one of my waters right there. So I've got to have got to have to rethink that. All right, Matt, what do you have? All right, so I so we have a whole list of things that uh, were sent to us, and um, so I'm just going to jump ahead a little bit and um, a good. Pre- I- Go ahead. I was just going to say, these, as I understand it, are questions sent from patients. So these are things that, you know, people want to know. Okay, cool. Uh, So if you set a large weight loss goal, um, it can cause frustration if it's set too high, and that makes it harder to achieve. Is that true? Or should you start? Yes. Should you? No, absolutely true. Absolutely true. Um, I, I think we. It's important that we all have a why, right? Why we're getting into our weight loss journey, and I think looking at the light at the end of the tunnel, we know what we want out of it. Whether we want to, you know, feel better or move more or be around, you know, longer for children or grandchildren. Um, so at the end of the day, the motivation is is always going to be that number one drive to achieve the goal, um, no matter how high the goal is. But when it comes to the body weight itself, sometimes it's a lot better to set smaller achievable goals to reduce that frustration. Um, and then, of course, you know, all the, the numbers will follow. So, you know, the weight loss and small um, improvements through lifestyle change will, will fall into place. So saying I want to lose 10 pounds this month versus I want to lose 80 pounds is probably a better or more realistic goal? Yeah, I think so. I I definitely, I believe so. We see that on a regular basis with our patients. And and again, we're seeing less frustration because getting, you know, to that five pound down mark is going to come sooner than reaching that 80 pound down mark. Mm -hmm. So yes, definitely. Okay. That's good. To well, know. I have a question about that. Uh, I mean, that ties into that, that I wanted to make sure I did not forget to ask. Um, is it better to weigh yourself every day or like once a week or, you know, what works or does it just vary by person? Because I know for me, 
when I see the scale, like if I'm in a plateau or maybe I've even gained a, you know, a half pound or whatever, uh, like weighing daily, I, I, I find, I don't know, is, is it better to be accountable by weighing daily so you can make, you know, changes constantly or, um, does that just like make you so frustrated? You might think, well, I'm starving and I'm still not losing. So I quit. I think honestly, if, if I guess the question is, do you feel like the scale is helping hold you accountable or is it causing more frustration? I like to ask, you know, is the scale friend or foe? If it's not your friend, then maybe you should put it under the bed. If it does help with that accountability saying, hey, things are going in the right direction. I'm on track. I'm doing good. Then maybe you continue to weigh, you know, once a day or once a week. And scale can be your scale can be your motivator, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, oh, yeah. I mean, of course, when you step on it and, you know, it's like said you lost some pounds, you're like, yes, you know. Matt, what do you, what's worked? How's that been for you? Is it friend or foe? So I would, I think what I would do, I mean, I'm not currently on a journey to lose weight, but um, uh, I probably should be. And I think what I would do is I would, if I was going to weigh myself every day, I would probably take an average uh, at the end of each week. And then if those numbers at the end of each week are trending downward, I probably am doing things right. I think, I think that's how I would approach the scale. I think that's really smart and, and very patient right? It takes a lot of patience to do that when we want to jump on the scale and see an immediate result, an immediate positive change. So I think it would take a good bit of patience to kind of, you know, average those numbers at the end of the week and say, you know what, overall it is going in the right direction. So I definitely think that would be a a positive way uh, to use that scale for motivation and accountability. Cool. (laughs) See, see, Kat, I know what I'm talking about. Things are going your way. (laughs) If you cut back to half a bagel. <laughs> yeah, see, that's all I have to do. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, there's still time for me to shine here, so I feel like something's going to go right. Uh, how much weight um, is safe to lose each week? Um, at least a pound a week. That's uh, We're telling our patients, you know, slow, at least a pound a week. Do people tend to lose weight like like uh, quickly in the beginning and then it sort of slows down or, you know, because of loss of water weight? Um, is that generally what happens? The first week when people lose weight, uh, usually it's water weight. Uh, it takes another 7 to 10 days before you see the, the fat loss. Okay. So the first week will be water water loss. Okay. I, I mean, how how do you lose water when you're drinking so much? <laughs> I mean, the, can you drink too much water and it make you gain weight? Now, the um, the 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 water loss or water gain has nothing to do with the uh, the water intake. Okay. Uh, yeah. So when you're trying to lose weight and you lower your calorie, 
So that's what we call there's a ketosis state. So it's all diuretics. It's all diuresis. Mm-hmm. So the first one, yeah. So that's a ketosis. So anyone that loses weight is in a ketosis. So you lose water that way. There's just no way around drinking the water. Uh, you know. Now, of course, we encourage you to drink water. So, um, yeah. yeah. Okay, so ketosis, that, you know, that's a popular um, term, I guess, with keto being a, you know, a, a diet approach, I guess, that a lot of people are trying or doing right now. Um, how, how does keto, like that plan, relate to ketosis? And is it a good... Um, you know, do do you all recommend any form of that to your patients? Ketosis is a, is a term because there's two fuels that we use up: glucose and, of course, the fat. And uh, so, when you try to burn the uh, the fat, then that's also uh, weight loss. Of course, you you lose fats there too. So that that puts you in, into ketosis state. So it's it's just a difference of fuel. What type of fuel do you use? Uh, it's either glucose or fats. So the, um, the keto diet is higher in fats, I assume, and uh, you know, so that helps you. I mean, you would think that they always say you are what you eat. <laughs> so <laughs> if you eat a lot of fat, then chances are you're gonna. You know, maybe it's too simplistic to say that, but if you eat a lot of fat, you're probably not going to lose as much weight than if you had a higher protein diet. Is that true? Because calories is calories, and the highest calorie there is the uh, the fat intake. So that's nine calories per gram right. compared to protein and carbohydrates. Okay, so it's really all calorie intake and, you know, how your body burns them. Or what you're yes. doing, or what you're doing to burn calories. Yes. So, what about healthy fats? Are there such things like in nuts or fish? Um... Yeah, and don't forget your avocados, right, and your olive oil. Um, so, have an have an awesome health benefit. Um, and then, of course, the, the nuts that you mentioned, the avocados and the olive oil, are your mono and polyunsaturated fats. Um, so, yeah, these are all really healthy fats, and it's good to incorporate those um, throughout the day. You just want to be really careful. You know, we still throw so much caution um, to foods, whether they're processed or not, with trans fats. So we already know those are really, you know, some dangerous, risky um hydronated uh like vegetable oil would be a good example of that margarine right so those are those are risky fats not not so healthy so you want to try to avoid those and again you know have a higher intake of the omega-3s so you could take a healthy food and cook it in um, like an unhealthy oil and just make it an unhealthy food yeah, I mean, you really could, you know, canola oil and the, the vegetable oils. Yeah, it could kind of put a damper on your, your healthy, you know, your salmon or some, you know, some other lean meats that you decide to cook. Because you would get some of that when you eat it, you know. Okay. 
Well, Matt, um, what do you cook with? Uh, we use extra virgin olive oil uh, for a lot of things. Um, you know, occasionally butter. I, probably not a good idea, but it really just depends on what we're making. So, but so. real butter, right, Matt? Not margarine. Yes, real butter, not margarine. Good, right? So it's not like we have all of those nasty trans fats in there. Right, yeah. Okay, well, that's good for the listeners to know uh, that butter is better than margarine. Is that that what I'm hearing? Yes, Yes, that's what you're hearing, Kathy. Okay, so. What about those things that are like, uh, I can't believe it's not butter or whatever, uh, I forget what some of the other ones are. I haven't bought them in so long, but they're <clears throat> they're sort of butter substitute kind of things. Yeah, I think we have to be really careful. I I know I hear Dr. Cheryl say this all the time as well, but um, you know things that are labeled like kind of like replacement things or low sugar, low fat things like that. The unfortunate thing is for them to be low in one thing, they're they're usually higher in another. Um and a lot of times the things they tend to be higher in are, you know, our sugars and additives. And that's not what we're really buying these these foods or products for, right? So we have to be careful um and make sure we read those labels. Um, for that, I cannot believe it's not butter. It, it probably does have, you know, trans fats and other things that that we don't really need to consume, but we think that we're, you know, maybe cutting down on, um, you know, fats in general, right? So we just have to be really careful about that. Okay. So what do we look for in reading labels? Um, you know, what, what I know ingredients like, but a lot of those people will just read and like be like, well, I don't know what that is because there's like 50 things, you know. Um, but what are some important things that we can like look at the label and sort of watch out for? I think for starters, the the fewer ingredients on the ingredient part of the label, the, the better. And that's even if if you're not well educated in label reading, like it's OK. Right. We. We still want um, good quality, you know, products. So the fewer ingredients on the list, the better. And keep in mind that first ingredient is the bulk of, of the product or the food. So if the first ingredient is, you know, like a salt or a sugar or something like that, that's already, you know, that's already probably screaming trouble right there. So if, and if you're looking at a product and you mean to have fiber, well, let's hope it has at least five grams of fiber per serving, right? Let's make sure that that label doesn't have a ton of trans fats. Um, And, you know, for those who have to look out for sodium in their diet, let's make sure that sodium doesn't have, you know, high, high amounts. So uh, it is not a myth that the first ingredient is is the the bulk of the product, or yeah, absolutely in that order of most to least. Yeah, so I don't want anybody to get fooled. Like I said, you don't have to know a ton about labels, but just look at that ingredients list. I think that's a really good place to start to know what you're consuming. That's very helpful. Did you know that, Matt? I I knew that the first ingredient or first couple ingredients made up the bulk of the product. Um, yes, so I, yeah, <laughs> I did know that. 
Well, and so now we know it's true as well. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so I have a question about skipping meals because it's like sometimes I'll skip breakfast and just have coffee or whatever and won't eat until later. Um, will that generally lead to weight loss? I know a lot of people think, oh, well, I'll just skip breakfast or, you know, not eat lunch or whatever, and uh, that'll help. Is that true? Well, uh, skipping meals will slow down your metabolism. Ah, okay. So when your metabolism is slow, that puts you on a storage mode. Is that is that why they, you know, some people recommend eating small meals throughout the day, like, you know, four, four five, six meals? So, yeah, it also depends on the, uh, well, if it's a high caloric and, and, and zero in nutrients, that's not also good. Right. So So make sure it's up the pack uh, with nutrients. So, so the quality of food is important too. Right. So Pop Tarts really aren't a meal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kat, what do you got? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, since you mentioned Pop-Tarts, uh, are, are there some foods that, um, you know, will enhance fat burning, uh, you know, like really help your metabolism to speed up a little bit? I don't think And if pop so, what are they? Because, you know, then we all end up start eating them. I don't think Pop-Tarts are it. No, I feel certain it's not Pop-Tarts. I'm not a doctor, but, you know, that's my guess. We wish. We wish this a magic burning food, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, okay, you know, like people did the grapefruit diet, and, and they're like, okay, if you just, you know, drink grapefruit juice and eat a grapefruit, like, almost every meal and all this, so, you know, that the grapefruit's going to... Uh, work magic on your metabolism. So, is that true or is that a myth that we? Kathy, uh, volume trumps calories. So, um, a piece of fruit is better than you know making a juice out of it because to make a juice, you you need at least five, maybe seven uh, fruits to 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 make a juice. So, uh, volume which is filling, uh, trumps our calories. So we would be better off to eat an apple, oh, or yes, an an apple than... than to have orange juice or apple juice. Yeah. Hmm. Did you know that, Matt? I did not. Um, I, you know, I just thought they were relatively the same thing, but I guess it makes sense that, you know, you need so many oranges to make a glass of orange juice. Um, and that, and that brings up another question about fruit. People think that it's a health, it's generally healthy to eat fruit or you should get a lot of servings of fruit. So, um, they feel that they can eat that, you know, pretty much unlimited and, uh, that's a good thing. Is it, am I wrong in thinking that? You know, like Dr. Cheryl mentioned um, about calories, you know, the, the calories in and calories out. And, and you mentioned, Matt, how, you know, it also depends on what, what somebody might do, you know, as far as burning those calories, um, you know, probably speaking about physical activity. But 
honestly, um, everything, everything in moderation, Mm -hmm. um, is, is key. (laughs) It, It really is. So with the fruits, they have a lot of micronutrients, right? Vitamins and minerals. And yes, they are healthy, but even too much of those is going to be problematic, right? right. And you don't want to fill your day with calories just filled with, you know, several servings of fruit. Um, And then be mindful, right? Fruit has different levels, uh, different glycemic levels. So um, meaning different amounts of sugar. Um, And the lowest is going to be like your berries, raspberries, blackberries, you know, blueberries, strawberries, and Mm -hmm. then up to to apples and things like that. And so, you know, we you kind of have to be mindful across the board. So I guess, unfortunately, I don't think it's safe to say, yeah, we can just eat a whole bunch of fruit all day. Is it better than drinking juice? Absolutely. But again, everything in moderation. If we're talking about calories, even if we ate salmon all day with those healthy omega-3s, it still isn't going to mean, you know, that that's a healthy way of eating, eating fish all day. Right. So yeah. just yeah. be considerate of, you know, sugar and calories and um, but again, eating the fruits better than drinking the juice any day of the week. All right. I'm guessing it's better than a candy bar or ice cream. <laughs> Kathy, I think huh? we're going to talk after the show. <laughs> I'm worried about you. We need to. Yes. Uh. <laughs> well, uh, so what if you just you know, hate vegetables, what, um, you know, what can someone do who just really does not like vegetables? Would um, V8, would that be a good solution? Or is that just like a lot of sodium that you don't need? Or can anything take the place of your fresh vegetables? Some of the patients, we recommend the, the V8. It's you, those especially who really hates vegetables. At least it's better than nothing. Hmm. But you would prefer that. Um, okay. So I, it, it seems to me like all the good tasting vegetables are the ones <laughs> that they say, don't eat those. Or, <laughs> you know, like, like potatoes, um, um, peas, um, I don't know. Some of the better tasting ones it just seem like they're on the no list. Corn. Oh, due to them being, you know, starchy vegetables? Is that what you mean? Yeah. I, I guess so. Um, I mean, so if, if I eat, so, okay, if I want a potato um, versus a sweet potato, are, are those the same? I could eat either one of them. It's not going to make any difference. Or is one better than the other? Like, how do I know things like that? I think the, the good news is, is all of those things could be grown in the garden, right? And come out of the ground. So at least we're talking about, for starters, real food. Yes. And I think all real food has a, a role in everybody's diet. Again, too much of anything is a bad thing. But at the end of the day, if you just don't like sweet potatoes, then I guess white potato or red potato, you know, it is. I, I wouldn't overindulge right? Because that sweet potato might have a little bit more health benefit than that white potato or red potato. But, but again, at least you're talking about real food, right? We're not talking about, you know, fast food, French fries versus should I sit down at home and eat a sweet potato? So at least we're talking real food. And again, real food, you know, 
it has its place at the dinner table, even even that corn, right? Even that starchy corn. So I guess you are saying that uh, the French fry then uh, would not be a good choice, even though that's the potato because of the oil and frying and all of that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We don't really know where it's been, right? If we took, you know, potatoes that we grew or we purchased and we cut those up and did some olive oil, some salt and pepper, right? And, and baked them in the oven. I mean, at least we know what we're working with. But it's so convenient to go to McDonald's and get French fries. <laughs> it is. It is. And it's fairly inexpensive, right? right. <laughs> well, so, it used to be. Uh... Right. So much yeah. less work, too. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. And that's what we're up against, right? We're up against um, how do we make healthy convenience and the, the struggles against the unhealthy convenience. So definitely, that's always going to be a, an ongoing thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree. Okay, well, here's a question, Matt. Um, the heavier you are, the easier it is to gain weight. Do you think that's true or false? I would think that you could gain weight. I mean, some people have a hard time gaining weight if they want to, but I would think that it it's generally easy for people to put on weight. I mean, just eat all the things that we're eating apparently all right ladies um you're the experts so um is it easier for heavier people to gain weight yes you need that you, you need the higher uh you know that the heavier you get the more calories that your body needs to maintain that weight so, yes, it's easier to gain weight when you're overweight. Ah, that, I, I can see that because you're eating, I mean, you're already eating calories that are bad for you. And then if you need more in order to maintain that weight, you're, you know, you're just going to continue to put it on, I would assume. Because you need more calories. Right. Cause, and you're also eating the not good ones, so. So it really all comes down to calories in versus calories out. I mean, that's Matt. It's not. It's not that simple because other things and can also cause that. I um. I wish it's that simple. Um, other elements in the body like uh, hormones mm -hmm. can affect that too, and also brain chemicals can affect that. So it's not a simple calories in, calories out. Yeah, see, because that's, uh, you know, that's something that I've always heard. It's like if you want to lose weight, you maintain a calorie deficit and you'll lose weight. But you're saying it's not, I mean, it's not gen It's not that easy or not that simple. Not that simple because of hormones and, and, and brain chemicals. And we have what we call metabolic adaptation. Right. Um, as, yeah, when you try to lose weight, your body fights it. Yeah, see, your so, body is your own worst enemy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so let, let's talk about protein for a minute here. Um, uh, so if you're on a, a high-protein diet, is that generally better than a high-carb diet? <laughs> Uh, 
Now, um, they have the same calorie, mm-hmm. uh, four calorie per grams. Right. I'm sorry, sorry four, four grams per calorie. So, so they have the same. So that's equal carbohydrates and proteins. So it's important. Amino acids are the building blocks of protein. So it's an essential amino acids. So those are cannot be synthesized by the human body. So when you increase your protein intake, that will increase your calories too. So. Ah, interesting. So, okay, so in knowing how many calories to have, here's a myth that I've heard. And so you can tell me if it's true or false. So I, I heard that. So let's say you weigh 200 pounds. That means that you're eating 2000 calories a day. Is that is that associated with how much you weigh? Is that true or like if you weigh three hundred pounds, you're eating three thousand calories a day? That's not necessarily true. Uh, what we look at is the uh, basal metabolic rate. So how fast you can burn that calories. So BMR. So if you're burning, uh, the average person burns uh, 1,400 calories a day, up to 2,000 calories a day. And that's just, that's, that's just doing nothing. That's just breathing. That's just d- doing nothing. Because our body works over time. So even when you're sleeping, you're burning calories because your heart beats, you're digesting and uh, breathing. So you, your body works you know, 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So, so the calorie is a unit of measurement. So how much energy you're burning. So that's about the average is about, yeah, 14 to less than 2000. But those athletes can burn more than that. And we have our, our personal trainer, um, the office at 5,000. So, so that's, that's, that's really a lean burning machine there. Wow. So, Yeah. The lowest we have is 1,200. So those are really, really, um, it's not good. So ideally, you need to increase your BMR through exercise and highly nutritious food. Food is fuel. I think a good good place to start is maybe adding in some physical activity, you know, if you're not already active versus just – you know, total calorie restriction. So if you don't have access to do a medically supervised weight loss program um, with physicians that can prescribe, you know, low calorie diets or prescription meal replacements, there is that option of, of reducing, you know, maybe 200 calories a day and, and then adding in some physical activity to help with that additional deficit. And then patience is key, you know, for those of us that do have a, a slower resting metabolism, we have to be a little bit more patient, you know, that weight isn't going to come off that quickly, you know, so, so patience would be key and then getting moving. Right. And then of course, you know, I heard somebody say, you know, increasing that water. Yeah, definitely get hydrated. Yeah. The biggest well, I kind of like the math side of it, though, you know, of like just thinking about this is what I need to do. I need to, you know, uh, somehow, whether between exercise and food, I, I need 500 calories today, uh, one way or the other, you know, or combination. I mean, to me, for my thinking mind, that's a way that's very helpful to me. 
I think that's cool. Yeah, the the issue for me is I have a very sedentary job. I sit in front of the computer all day, and uh, uh, getting up and moving around is a little bit difficult sometimes, but I, I need to find ways to incorporate some physical activity into my days. Um, I had a question about exercise in general. Um, so if you're, if, if you're working four days a week and commuting and stuff like that, um, is it better to like, you know, exercise on the days when you are able to versus, you know, doing it like, uh, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday kind of thing? Does it matter what the schedule is or is it a cumulative effect kind of thing? Um, To prevent chronic diseases, studies show that you need 150 minutes a week. And it can be spread out throughout the week. So does not have to be all seven days per week. So as long as you have 150 minutes a week, so that also will assure... Uh, prevention of chronic disease. So basically work out when you can and and uh, as long as you get that 150 minutes. Yeah. 50 minutes. Okay. Good. Yes. See, look how they're, they're like making this really a good way to think about it. I mean, because it puts you in control of, you know, you're just looking at numbers, like cut out 500, get in 100, you know, your exercise time, however you can fit it into your week and you know that seems doable to me yeah and there are several several apps now that makes you accountable that will record it for you phone apps the dreaded app (laughs) and everybody has that with them yeah i mean cool okay so i we we know that um becoming diabetic is one of the risk of being um, heavier. Um, <laughs> so once you become diabetic, then what? Um, is there any hope for you? Or are you just, you know, that's just too bad. You've like let this go too long and there's just nothing for you except misery. That's not true. (laughs) That's not a doom and gloom. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, there's two types of diabetes. There's diabetes type 1, which is genetics. And, of course, there's insulin deficiency and also um, metabolic syndrome, uh, insulin resistance. So that can cause diabetes. And there's type 2. And uh, with type 2, there's hope. Because you can just change your lifestyle, change your eating habits, and that will help the uh, type 2. And Tessa is the uh, expert of the, uh, we have the diabetes prevention program, and she's the expert on that. Okay. Prevention is key, right? (laughs) Prevention is key, and then it's a lot less work um, later on. So... Uh, definitely don't don't wait until you've reached that point and and ask your doctor you know talk to your primary care about checking you know that that a1c that hemoglobin a1c level and and checking that glucose and and you know you really play a role in your health because again pre- prevention is is far more 
better and easier. Um, but but you got to ask the right questions, right? We have to play a role in our health care and work with our providers. So if if you are diabetic, right. can you become undiabetic? Or I guess it depends on what type of diabetic you are. So we have success with uh, with, with type two, and, and and most of the patients that we have, we uh, I know we stop their medications and also insulin. Okay. So losing weight actually helps that, and you know, would people would tend to be less prone to be diabetic it, when they lose weight and that sort of thing. Yes. Okay, so uh, let's talk about some foods. Um, if you become diabetic, um, are, are there some foods that are better for you than others? Um, like, for instance, cereal versus oatmeal. Because I, I always hear oatmeal is like this really healthy food. Um, so is that true? Zuka oats are definitely better than the cereal because the cereal is, is just, like you know, processed and, and highly refined sugars. And then your zuka oats is, you know, again, we talked about those foods, right? Things we can grow in our garden. Like it's, it's a, a real food. And then you could top that with some, you know, berries or something in the morning. So, again, what, what are we really eating? Are we eating what we want to be eating? Are we eating real food or highly processed foods that don't really benefit us as much in the long run? So crunch berries really aren't real food. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to upset anybody, but, but no. <laughs> uh. But they're they're delicious, right? Because right. they're they're sweet. They they hit That's that. That's right, and spot. they look like berries too. <laughs> uh, let's see here. What's next on the list, cat? Well, raisins and grapes. There's another good thing. Like, I think raisins, people, you know, they're cute. A little commercial of the California raisins and all of that. But then I hear that they're a terrible food for you. So, I don't know. Tell me, is it true or false? Well, uh, Kathy, uh, choose grapes over raisins because volume, again, as I said earlier, is filling and satisfying. So, even with small amounts. And also the fibers, so you will need that. So grapes over raisins, and right. they have the same calories as grapes. Well, I prefer grapes over raisins, so I'm good by <laughs> only in one category. Yes. yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. So, um, do you? So, if you eat a lot of meat, are you getting enough protein? I mean. Is, is meat a good source of protein, or does it depend on the type? So meat is um, has a complete protein in it. So there's an uh, essential amino mm -hmm. acids. So meat is the most complete protein. It is. And if you don't... <laughs> Go ahead. If you, if you don't get enough protein, is it going to break your muscles down, like... Is your, is your body going to, like, eat your muscles? <laughs> so if you're if you're not eating enough protein, um, yeah, there's some muscle wastage. Can you so, get that back? Can you, like, if you start eating protein, will it 
give your muscles back? <laughs> so, so it depends. Uh, let's say if you want to bulk up, uh, still exercise will make you bulk up. So, protein deficiency is the one that causes some muscle wastage. Wow. So, so protein is good for uh, satiety, though, and and of course it increases your metabolic rate. So it's highly metabolic, and um, so it's not stored. But if you eat too much protein, then that protein extra will be used as an alternative energy source, like glucose. Ah, so if you're if like I know some people who go to the gym, they're taking in like two hundred and fifty grams of protein a day. I mean, is there a, a theoretical point where you're eating too much protein? Yes. Yeah, so the excess protein, yes, is converted into glucose. So, so how how do you know how much you're for your, you know, for yeah. for you- average? So, so it depends for elderly, elderly. Of um, course, there's average, average. There, you, you, the protein requirement is between 0.8 to 1 uh, milligrams per kilograms body weight. So that's the average. Um, okay, so, so protein. 0.8 to 1 grams per kilogram. Milligrams per kilograms okay, so body weight. Pounds, that would be... So if you weighed 200 pounds, um, how much? That would be... Some, How much protein? Uh, I'm trying to do the math in my head and I can't. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's uh, Dr. Cheryl. <laughs> Help us out here. Or 100 pounds. You know, for every 100 pounds you weigh, how much protein would you need to eat? Uh, in general. I have to look that. It's a point eight, so 200 kilograms. So let's say average 70 kilograms, right? Okay. So times 0.8. So 70 times 0.8 is how much is that? Uh, 56, I believe. So that's about 50 to 60 grams a day. And that's per 100 pounds of of weight, or was that 200 pounds? 70 times. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Everybody? Kilograms, 70 kilograms. So you have to convert that into pounds. That is um, 70 kilograms. Everybody get out your calculators and go. <laughs> That's right, because you know, I'm learning there's a lot of math involved in uh, figuring this whole thing yeah, out. Yeah, there is, so, actually. So. so you're, yeah, let's say the, the sicker you are, the more protein requirement you need for for healing. And also the same thing with athletes. So you need more protein for that. Majority of the people, healthy ones, are um, between 0.8 to 1. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Let's talk about cholesterol. (laughs) I know. uh, I think we both have an issue with that. Is that true, Kat? That could be true. Um. Probably people can tell that by our conversation already, but... Yeah, Pop-Tarts aren't good for cholesterol. So how can we fix that, you know, with some food? How how can we... How can we do better with cholesterol? Uh, 
What's your question oh, about how... cholesterol? Um, what foods can help us to, um, you know, have a better cholesterol, healthier cholesterol? Um, our body produces cholesterol by itself. So that's the building blocks of hormones is cholesterol. Um, plants has cholesterol too. Hmm. Interesting. So cholesterol is not a bad thing. But yeah, they, in fact, it's they a, so we just don't want too much of it. So again, um, that, that yeah, cholesterol is you need that uh, for for hormones. Uh, that that's a building blocks. Um, of the hormones, so so it's not a bad thing. So it's being vilified. Um, even the uh, you know they 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 say bad cholesterol and good cholesterol. Those are not cholesterol. It's a misnomer. So those are transporter. Mm-hmm. Um, so so our body metabolizes those into those because it has function. It's needed by the body. And. Um, the problem with that is if you have too much of it, and there are again, it's genetics, and it's how your body processes it. So there are people who are genetically inclined to have problems. So not all cholesterol, not all are at risk for a, a disease. So as long as your body is healthy and you do not have any genetic predisposition to it, and and cholesterol is is good, but. Cholesterol coming from the food, from outside, external, if you, you're eating too much of it, then that will raise up your cholesterol levels mm. too. That's interesting. So what role does fiber play? Um, you know, like, I don't ever hear people talking really about fiber. It's usually about, you know, don't eat carbs, don't make sure you eat protein, but, um, Fiber is something really is not discussed that much. At least, not I haven't heard too much about it. So, I mean, do we need <laughs> do we need to be concerned about fiber? And uh, is that another thing we should be looking at uh, re- related to weight loss? Yeah, sadly, you know, we only consume you know, five grams a day of fiber. So what's required is about 20 to 35 grams a day. Wow. Mm. So it sounds like a big deficit um, for fiber. Um, So how does that affect the body if we don't get enough fiber? So there are two types of fibers. There's insoluble fiber, uh, which adds bulk to stool. So it gives you a regularity, a bowel mm-hmm. movements, and also um, fibers lowers your sugar and glucose and the uh, LDL, which is the bad cholesterol. So it has health benefits. So what are some really, like if you were just going shopping for fiber foods, what would you buy? The um, forget it's it's just metamucil. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a Um, yeah. yeah. Um, prune prunes. 
prune juice as is rich in fibers. Um, okay, so, so that we, yeah, we prescribe that for those who yeah. are constipated. Okay. <laughs> um, so if we bought just some prunes, you know, I guess they have like prunes. So, the- yeah. <laughs> Other sources too is legumes and lentils and beans. Okay. And the good thing about the fiber is when consumed uh, it, with water, you know, when you add water, it swells up. So it gives you a feeling of fullness mm. and satiety in the stomach. So if we were to buy some um, beans, um, you know, like pinto beans or whatever, uh, because of the water, those are going to like make us feel fuller. Yes. And then they're a good source of fiber for us, too. Uh, are, is there any negative things to beans? Now, too much, of course. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's an explosive result. <laughs> yes, in moderation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I mean, that sounds good. I mean... Do you hear much about fiber, Matt? Um, I, I, I've heard a little bit about it. I mean, I know I probably, me personally, I probably don't get enough, um, you know, so I, I do try and eat beans and things like that when I can, uh, incorporating them into things like chili and uh, soups and stuff like that. I love to make those things in the crock pot, so... Uh, well i mean i we could talk about this. there's so much of this that so many myths and so many interesting things but uh, i know our time is, is running down but i just have to ask about the grocery shopping you know so is it true that they they kind of like put the you know the the not healthier foods, because that's what we tend to crave, I guess, a lot. I mean, do they put those, like, in a more appealing location than the store, just so we'll, like, you know, grab them and not really get the healthier things? Yeah, so usually the healthier foods, and I should say originally, because they're getting much wiser now, right? The, the um, manufacturers and the displays of the foods and things like that, but... Um, ideally the healthier foods around the peripheral, right? So you have um, your fruits and vegetables and your dairy and your meats and things like that, but they're getting so much wiser. It's like, okay, we've all caught on to that, right? Trying to stay around the outer areas of the story, not going down the middle aisles. But, but now, long behold, now we have health health food aisles now, right? So right down the middle of the stores, they're doing your gluten-free products and your quote-unquote healthier processed foods so they're finding ways to draw everybody you know back into the center aisles where you're you know looking at a ton of processed foods and things like that and of course I'm not I'm not putting down you know canned vegetables and things like that because you know sometimes that is the way to go we can't always do fresh we can't always do frozen so I'm not knocking those things I know those things are located you know down those center aisles as well but but I think everybody you know knows what I'm talking about you definitely don't have fresh produce 
produce down the center aisle. So they're, they're getting wiser. So the answer to that is not the same as it would have been, you know, 10 or 12 years ago. They're, they're, they're catching on. And then, of course, those real unhealthy high sugar things, those candy bars are quick reach of little hands, <laughs> right, where all the kids can see them. And if we're hungry, go to the grocery store. We're more apt to grab those things. So please eat before you go. You can stay focused, stick to that shopping list, and you'll be okay. Oh, so what about milk? Uh, you know, I, I hear like that's good for your bones, has a lot of carbs. So, you know, and so you get the red lid milk. Do you get the blue <laughs> lid? Do you get skim? Do you get almond? Um, you know, so tell us a little bit about milk and what's our best options there. Milk, that's what we feed our babies, right? So that's a complete meal by itself. So milk is good. Uh, I tend to uh, recommend the, the, the whole whole milk okay. than the, uh, than the uh, what's this, the, uh, what you call it, how they labeled it, yeah. Because again, when you lower the uh, content of one, the tendency is to increase the sugar intake. So if you lower the fat, you increase the sugar intake. So, so I tend to I prefer the whole. So, whole would you milk. say would you say that okay. things like oat milk and uh, almond milk and stuff like that are, you know, are they any healthier or or is that just like a scam that we're being told? Well, let's remember why people are kind of getting those things in the first place, right? So, you know, lactose intolerance. There's things in, in you know regular milk that they can't necessarily tolerate. So I'm hoping they're not going towards those things because they think they're healthier, but because they serve a purpose for that specific individual. So um, I, I definitely am with Dr. Cheryl on the, the whole milk. Um, but again, I do think, you know, your soy milk, almond milk, things like that, they serve a purpose for certain individuals who maybe can't tolerate, you know, certain things in, right. in milk. Yeah. Cause you know, there's like a million different kinds now and, cashew milk and whatever and you know oh that's a better option or that's healthier or whatever but that isn't necessarily true just read read that label and whatever you're hoping to get out of that product or that food make sure you're looking for that on the label okay, okay so on the label um sugars how, how many sugars should we be looking for it to be less than Oh, you mean gram gram wise, cat? Yeah, like if we're just gonna buy something, we start like looking at the label. What would be, what would be a low sugar number for foods? I would prefer a natural sugar. So processed sugar is not good. So you have a choice there. So if if you if let's say dessert, right? So you have a choice between the fruit. And say cream brulee. Cream brulee. <laughs> so, <laughs> or, or chocolate. It's always the way to go, creme brulee. <laughs> so the, the the natural sugar, of course, plus the fiber benefit that you mm -hmm. get from that, compared to processed sugar. Okay, so um, spicy foods. Does that help? Um, increase your metabolism. I've heard that. Is that true? 
yes, studies show uh, that yet yes, it increases yes. So you have this burning um, effect. Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, they made a um, medication out of that. Really? Really? And yeah, they use it as an appetite suppressant. So we used to sell that before. That's interesting. Capsaicin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. I remember. Yeah. yeah. I remember hearing about that. Wow. <clears throat> so, wow. I did, you know, I not connected that, but I like spicy foods. I'm going to put another check mark for me there. Cause... <laughs> again, be, be careful about the calories, too. So, yeah. Oh, so yeah, calories, yes. The peppers have, a, I could get like too much peppers. You I don't think it's so much the the peppers, Kathy, but but how do we like our spicy food? Like, do we like you know spicy wings? Do we like you know spicy yeah. fried breaded spicy whatever? <laughs> so not your your peppers aren't the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the the fun things we like to associate, you know, hot sauce and buffalo sauce and stuff with. All right, I get. You. I see. Well, I'll keep it to the peppers then, you know. Hmm. Um, no, go ahead, you, know, Matt. you got time for one more question, Kat. Okay, exercise then. Um, is it better to do cardio or is it better to do weights? Well, certain age will benefit from weight, so especially age um, under 40. So they benefit more for the uh, using weight resistance training because that's their, their that's their peak muscle mass so aerobics uh, examples of those are running walking swimming uh, will benefit more people above 40 years old so certain age will benefit more but the best one really is a combination of it hmm. okay interesting uh, yeah i was going to ask about that because they say as you get older, you lose muscle mass, and you know, in order to counter that, you should uh, lift weights and things like that. Um, it's harder. It's harder for so because once you go into menopause or andropause, so there's hormone mm -hmm. deficiency. So the hormones are the one that maintains your muscle. So it's it's hard. So at least some activity. When you're older, at least some activity, you don't have to, if you don't like exercising, physical activity is enough to maintain your muscle mm -hmm. mass. Okay. So even things like walking or running or whatever is, you know, something is... As long as you do that, yeah, yeah regularly. So something is better than nothing. Yeah. Yes. Got to get those 150 That's right, minutes yeah. in, Matt. <laughs> All right, uh, Dr. Cheryl and Tessa, thank you so much for being here. Um, we would really love to have you come back again because there is so much to talk about, uh, you know, so much misinformation out there, and um, we appreciate you guys. Can I, can I just ask him one more right. question? Bring it on, Kathy. <laughs> bring it on. Okay. <laughs> So for each of you, because I'd like you both to answer, uh, what's been the most um, surprising myth about weight loss that you've heard from a patient or on social media? You know, what surprised you the most that oh, people believe? 
think we you can't can... <laughs> anymore. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know we probably yeah, already. I have, uh, I, I, yeah, I have patients um, telling me, all I do is just exercise. And I don't have to change my, you know, I love to eat. I love food. I'm a foodie. So as long as I exercise, uh... <laughs> and I'll be okay. I'm going to lose the yarn. That's what their belief is, is just mm. exercise. But that's yeah. not true, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good one. That is good. Let's see. Um, I don't. I don't know that this is a, a straightforward um, myth per se, but um, there tends to be like a lot of miracle supplements and and things that that we can supposedly take and you know boost metabolism and lose a lot of weight and I, I hear this frequently it kind of breaks my heart because a people are spending you know hundreds of thousands of dollars um, on these things and it's not their fault I think we're all just looking for a little bit of hope and we're looking for just something to make it easier on us along the way, um, you know, to reach our healthy weight and to feel better. So um, I, I hear a lot of different versions of this from different patients, but but really at the end of the day, you know, eating real food and, and fitting some movement into your day, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to work for you. Um, so try not to buy into to all of those things. Um, what a, what a big, you know, waste of money, waste of your time and, and very misleading. So that's, that's kind of what I want right. to say about that. Very interesting answers there. We're going to, you know, uh, after, like, for this episode, we're going to ask the Facebook doctors, um, <laughs> you know, because everyone kind of <laughs> an expert. Um, we're going to ask them some of these questions and see how well they do. Let's see if they do better than Matt and I. Um, yeah. I've I have, too. Uh, you know, it, it's always interesting to talk to the experts, and uh, we we yeah, the real yeah. ones. <laughs> <laughs> we we certainly appreciate your time, and uh, you know, we would really yes. really love to do it again if you guys are willing. Absolutely, well, thank you for having us. Yeah, again, Matt and Kathy, thank you so much. It, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. I'm glad you enjoy it. All right, keep that motion is lotion <laughs> and everything in moderation. <laughs> Yes. All right. Yeah. And be happy. Yes, be happy. So. Aww. All right. And on that note, we are going to end this episode, and we thank you all for listening. Thanks again, ladies. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you. Good evening. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iratepleas at outlook.com. Or you can write to me at backstorysessions at gmail.com or matt at level11ventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.